Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here in the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They take care of our air conditioning and they do a great job. They'll do a great job for you as well. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific guest for today's show, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Shavit Rootman will be joining us. He was uh, born in Israel. He always served in the special forces in Israel. He lived in Germany. He was special uh, uh, for a little while, protecting Jewish personnel and important assets. He went to Hillsdale College here in the United States. So interesting. And I look forward to his comments about what's happening in Israel and Palestine, uh, the ter- Palestine territory uh, right now. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples. Boy, big bombshell came out, a complaint filed by one of the personnel in the uh, Naples city government uh, against Teresa Heitman. And <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. Look forward to his thoughts on that as well. It is May the 20th, and on this day in 1873, San Francisco businessmen Levi Strauss and Reno, Nevada, Taylor, Jacob Davis were given a patent to create work pants reinforced with metal rivets marking the birth of one of the world's most famous garments, blue jeans. In San Francisco, Strauss established a wholesale dry goods business under his own name and worked as the West Coast representative from his family's firm. His new business imported clothing, fabric, and other dry goods to sell to small stores opening all over California and other western states to supply the rapidly expanding communities of gold miners and other settlers. By 1866, Strauss had moved his company to expanded headquarters and was well-known in uh, the Jewish community in San Francisco. Jacob Davis, a tailor in Reno, Nevada, was one of Levi Strauss's regular customers. In 1872, he wrote a letter to Strauss about his method of making work pants with metal rivets on the stress points at the corner of the pockets and the base of the uh, button fly to make them stronger. As Davis didn't have the money for the necessary paperwork, he suggested that Strauss provide the funds and the two men get the patent together. Strauss agreed enthusiastically in the patent for the improved fastening pocket openings. Uh, The innovation that would produce blue jeans as well as them was granted to both men on May the 20th, 1873. Strauss brought Davis to San Francisco to oversee the first manufacturing facility for waste overalls, as the original jeans were known. At first, they employed seamstresses working out of their homes, but by the 1880s, Strauss had opened his own factory. The famous 501 Jean brand, known until 1890 as XX, was soon the best seller, and the company grew quickly. By the 1920s, uh, Levi's denim waist overalls were the top-selling men's work pant in the United States. As decades passed, the craze only grew, and now blue jeans are worn and beloved by men and women, young and old, around the world. In fact, they're kind of a fashion statement, or have been in the past amazing blue jeans that's how small business uh is established and uh with a good idea look what happens well president joe biden insulted a class of coast guard academy graduates during his commencement address on wednesday declaring to the group cadets that they were a really dull class the president seemed to be getting increasingly frustrated throughout his speech as the cadets rarely clapped at his applause lines or laughed at his jokes He urged them several occasions to stand up and clap, insisting that it was okay to do so, bringing to mind former uh, Florida Governor Jeb Bush's infamous plea to his audience to please clap. (laughs) The lack of enthusiasm came to the head less than 10 minutes into Biden's speech. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war, Biden said, referring to the old saying about the Coast Guard. When that line failed to receive applause, the president chided the cadets, you're a really dull class, he asserted. I mean, come on, man. Is, is the sun getting to you? I wouldn't think you'd have the opportunity that when I say that about the Navy, you would clap. Hey, Joe, did it ever occur to you that you and your presidency, it's them, you, you that they don't like, not what you're saying. It's, it's you, Joe. Uh, 
it's you're dull and arrogant, quite frankly. Joe Biden. Uh, insulting the class, calling them dull. Well, liberals have no shortage of mainstream media outlets to choose from to confirm their bias, but a new survey implies that the outlets aren't offering as much in terms of facts. According to Rasmussen reports, the big is uh, the U- how big is the U.S. national debt? How many Americans don't have health insurance? What's the top tax rate? If you want liberal news media, you are more likely to get those answers wrong. Only 16% of likely U.S. voters who say CNN is their favorable news outlet, and 20% of those who say MSNBC is their favorite, correctly estimated the U.S. national debt, currently, of course, about $30 trillion, $28 trillion, as being uh, 20 to $30 trillion. By contrast, 35% of Fox News viewers and 32% who say they uh, get their news from talk radio correctly estimated the size of the U.S. national debt. Viewers of CNN and MSNBC are more likely to dramatically underestimate the size of the national debt as are voters who are getting their news from major broadcast networks. There were similar effects on questions about health insurance and income tax rates with viewers of liberal media more likely to get the facts wrong than uh, voters who don't watch TV at all. A separate poll from Rasmussen last week found that liberal media viewers are the most misinformed when it came to issues relating to narratives regarding police violence. Over half of MSNBC and CNN viewed believe, viewers believe more than 100 uh, unarmed African Americans were fatally shot by police in 2020, while only 2% of Fox believe that. The number was 18, <laughs> fewer than the number of people killed in the riots that followed George Floyd's death. A quarter of CNN and nearly a fifth of MSNBC viewers <clears throat> believed that over 500 were fatally shot each year by cops compared to only 9% of Fox viewers, talk radio listeners were the most likely to estimate the number correctly. Viewers of MSNBC and CNN were also the most likely to overestimate the number of homicides committed each year with rifles, the most common form of gun they pushed for further restrictions on. This is unbelievable. So the evidence that liberals have less understanding about important key issues was also uncovered when they decided last November that voting for Joe Biden was a good idea. There you have it, folks. Uh, liberals who listen to CNN, MSNBC, and the like are not well-informed. Well, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Wednesday brushed off President Biden's call for a significant de-escalation of the conflict in Gaza, saying he is determined to continue the operation against the terrorist organization Hamas, just as Biden is facing pressure from the progressive arm of his own party on the issue. Biden spoke to Netanyahu early Wednesday. And the White House said that the two had a detailed discussion of the state events, state of events in Gaza, Israel's progr- progress in degrading the capabilities of Hamas and other terrorist elements, and ongoing diplomatic efforts by regional governments and the United States. The president conveyed to the prime minister that he expected a significant de-escalation today on the path to a ceasefire, the White House said in a statement. But after a visit to the military headquarters, hours later, Netanyahu said he greatly appreciates the support of the American president. But he said uh, Israel will push ahead to return the calm and security to you, citizens of Israel. Very diplomatic, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, he added that he is determined to continue the operation until the aim is met. Joe's getting pressure from Bernie, the squad, and of course others on the left. Uh, Netanyahu served in the Israel Special Forces. He's been injured in combat. Biden on matters of foreign policy has always been sure, but almost never right. Who blames Netanyahu for brushing him off? Well, President, uh, former President Trump on Wednesday lashed out at state and local prosecutors in New York after they announced the two offices were conducting a joint criminal investigation into his company. In a lengthy statement airing a list of grievances against Democrats in both D.C. and New York, Trump dismissed the criminal probe as a politically motivated effort to attack him. And here's what he had to say. It's, this is so disappointing, these, uh, uh, <laughs> these uh, hacks in uh, New York. I've built a great company, employed thousands of people, and all I do is get unfairly attacked and abused by a corrupt political system. It would be so wonderful the effort used against President Donald J. Trump, who lowered taxes and regulations, rebuilt our military, took care of our veterans, created Space Force, fixed our borders, produced our vaccine in record-setting time, years ahead of what was anticipated, 
and made our company great and respected again, and so much more would be focused on, uh, on the ever more dangerous sidewalks and streets in New York, uh, Trump said in a statement. The New York Attorney General's office said Tuesday night that in its investigation with the Manhattan District Attorney into the Trump Organization is now exploring criminal charges against the company. Unbelievable. Think about everything this man has done for New York. Think of all the things that he's done for the United States of America. Uh, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> President Trump, he just doesn't get a break from these idiots. Unbelievable. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Uh, visit lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best and now building a brand new performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Shavit Rootman. He is a former member of the uh, special operations in the Israeli army. Uh, we'll be getting his views on what's happening in Israel right now. Well, right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a uh, 501c3 not-for-profit. Uh, we focus on K-12 through education reform. Um, I always struggle a little bit with that re word reform because I really don't think you can reform our government schools. I think you have to um, break them with competition. So we're big supporters of school choice, um, and we're fighting to get the indoctrination uh, and right now the critical race theory out of our uh, schools here in Florida. Yeah, so last week we were talking, and there's a critical deadline. I think it's the 23rd, if, if I'm not mistaken. Apparently you've located, uh, the governor spoke out uh, vociferously about uh, critical race theory and uh, propaganda in our in our schools well uh, apparently it showed up you found it and you've uh, complained or sent a 
uh, uh, information to the uh, Commissioner of Education. What's what's where are we right now with this process? Yeah, well, uh, what's happened by quick way of background is uh, well over a year ago, the governor dictated, actually almost two years ago, the governor dictated getting rid of Common Core and replacing it with some really uh, the best uh, English language arts um, standards in in the country. Right. Uh, we, we worked with Commissioner Corcoran and we did that. Uh, we have a really good set of English language arts standards. They got rid of Common Core. So everybody says, hey, everything's good. The problem is uh, the Department of Education under Corcoran uh, kind of got snookered. They went out last fall to the to the large publishers. These are the same publishers that were knee deep and neck deep in giving us Common Core. And he and he told me this bluntly. He said, "I told him what I wanted, but I didn't tell him what I didn't want, and that was my problem, my mistake." Mm -hmm. So what we have now are English language arts textbooks that are being adopted in all 67 counties that are full of critical race theory and its many tentacles of you know, social justice, diversity, and I could go on. Yeah. Uh, so what we've done is we've uh, we've created a open letter to the governor and, and, and Commissioner Corcoran. Um, oh, well over a week ago, we put out a petition, and so far we've had over 3,000 people sign that petition to the governor, uh, urging him to do two things. Stop the adoption until uh, Commissioner Corcoran can guarantee that 100% of, of critical race theory is out of these textbooks. And we also, um, for your listeners, they may remember that uh, almost a month ago now, uh, Biden uh, authorized his department, uh, U.S. Department of Education, to provide critical race theory grants directly to school districts. Yeah, and we want the governor to prohibit that. So that's the status. Uh, and we can also talk about what's going on here in Florida, if you, in Collier County, yeah, if you'd I, like. I'd like to do that, but it's a, well, a good catch on your part. First of all, I think that's uh, fantastic. And uh, the, the, the thing is, just let's just take a step back. Uh, if you could briefly, what exactly is critical race theory? Well, uh, there's a, a number of ways to look at critical race theory. I encourage your listeners to go to uh, Hillsdale and just Google uh, Hillsdale and critical race theory. There's a fellow by the name of Rufo who's done an excellent article on what it is. Mm -hmm. And in simple terms, it's uh, identity-based Marxism. It's uh, using the many euphemisms of equity rather than equality. Uh, equity means equal outcomes, not equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, social justice, diversity and inclusion, and culturally responsive uh, teaching. So what they're in fact doing with critical race theory across the nation is they're teaching our kids to be racist. Yeah. <laughs> they're dividing kids and, and, and teaching them that if the color of your skin happens to be the wrong color, you're racist, and uh, and they're also as part of that. Since it's uh, Marxism based, they're teaching our kids, um, you know, the fundamental principles of communism, literally. Yeah. Any feedback from the Commissioner Corcoran or uh, the Governor at this point? Yeah, I've talked to Corcoran, uh, Commissioner Corcoran, uh, about t ten days ago. He's very frustrated. He admits that he has this problem. Uh, his big issue, and, and I can empathize with him, but I don't agree with where he's at. His big problem is many of these school districts, because the Department of Education approved them back in February. Uh, many of, uh, and he didn't catch the fact that it had critical race. His team didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so many of these school districts are literally or have already bought these materials. So to unwind those contracts mm -hmm. uh, is a potentially significant legal and financial impact. Um, our, our response to Commissioner Corcoran is two wrongs don't make a right. Fess yep. up to it. Yep. Stop it. Fix it. And let's move on. Yeah. I like it, Keith. Well done. Congratulations <laughs> to you. Uh, and uh, in the 11th, I thought that uh, you'd mentioned last week that we uh, school districts had until the 23rd to uh, re renege on the contracts. No. Uh, I, 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 it, it varies by different uh, county. I see. Uh, I, I don't recall ever saying the 23rd. It's different in every county. In Collier County, for example, uh, they uh, approved and adopted the materials. Uh, three of us have filed uh, a formal series of objections. So now they have to hold a public hearing. 
Uh, we don't know yet what the hearing date is. I'm guessing it'll be in the early part of, uh, of uh, June. Uh -huh. uh, and we'd like to turn out as many people as we can uh, to uh, put the pressure on our school district in, here in Collier County. But many of the school districts have already bought signed contracts. And literally the only, uh, only way to unwind those is, to, is to, for the, for, for the f state to, to give them the direction uh, to cease and desist and force the uh, the undoing of those contracts, which could be expensive. Could be very uh, expensive. Are, but it's are, how, how expensive is it to not get it corrected? Yeah, yeah. You know uh, that's exactly right. Our kids are, 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 are and and their future and the future of our nation is way too, too, too um, much more important than uh, the dollars that we uh, might have to spend because of this mistake. Absolutely. Well, uh, a good a good reflection again on the uh, governor's leadership on Commissioner Corkin and also the great work that the uh, Florida Citizens Alliance is doing. Hey, you've got an event coming up in June. Yes, we do. Uh, we, we've been doing uh, what we call awareness events. Uh, this event is Rescuing Our Children. Uh, it's uh, going to be over in Broward County, but we're going to live stream it. Ah. If uh, any of your listeners uh, want to come over or happen to be over in that neck of the woods, uh, we're charging an exorbitant fee of $10. <laughs> so uh, we encourage people who are coming live to do that. But we're also going to live stream it for free. Uh, but you have to register. Yeah. If you don't register for the event, you won't get the URL link uh, to listen to this. And our, uh, our, We've got a dynamite set of speakers, uh, Sam Sorbo, uh, who's an actress, author, and talk show radio host who's just really str um, uh, a strong advocate for homeschooling. Yeah. And uh, Alex Newman. Uh, oh man, he's uh, fantastic. So Keith, yeah. I got to move along, but I do want to uh, tell our listeners to go to your website, goflca.com. Terrific website, goflca.com, and check out the June 8th event as well as the progress and all these issues that we've talked about. Keith, really admire the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, you're very welcome. Uh, have a great weekend, Bob. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, Shavit Rootman, uh, former member of Special Forces in the Israel Army. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org. That's gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Shavit Rootman. He served in special forces in Israel. He's only 28 years of age, and he's uh, served protecting uh, special uh, properties as well as personnel in Germany, and then ended up going to Hillsdale College, one of my favorites. Uh, Shavit, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, Bob. How are you doing? Good morning. Uh, good morning, Shavit. So uh, I want to talk to you about what's going on in Israel now and get your viewpoint. Uh, before I do, though, uh, how did you end up at Hillsdale College? <laughs> That's a fantastic question. Well, I was living in Germany at the time, and, and a dream of mine was always to pursue some sort of liberal education in the United States. And the girl that I was dating at the time, I still date her, um, her dad was connected with the college, and he explained to me a little bit about school, about the, the university. And when I went to explore Ivy schools in the United States, right, all I knew living in Israel was Ivy Lake schools. When I went and checked hills down myself, I, I really fell in love with, with what these schools stand for. And it, uh, it ha- did, how did your edu- how, what did you think of your education? Oh, wow. Um, Hillsdale is a really place that makes you think for yourself, truly think for yourself, right? There's no one indoctrination or agenda, agenda pumped into you. It really teaches you to think for yourself, to yeah. govern, govern for yourself, to decide, decide for yourself, write for yourself, argue for yourself. Yeah. Really with the, uh, with the truth, so to say, with the truth and the core interesting readings and, and, and asking the hard questions. Yeah, Hillsdale College is one of my favorites. No government funding, and the consequence is they have uh, really protected the whole notion of free speech and of, of classical education. So, uh, Shavit, you served in special forces, and right now we're seeing what's going on in uh, Israel as well as uh, the operations of Hamas and Palestine. What are your thoughts? It's heavy. Um, I think it's a long time coming thing, right? Um, it's something that we've been noticing for years. I truly think that it's also a little bigger than just the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Correct? This is um, this is this is something that's been happening in the Middle East. I think it's it's a bigger game that's played by by Iran, um, by Qatar, by by countries like that that are pumping money money into Hamas and, and the Gaza Strip. At, uh, at the end of the day, it's a very unfortunate story. Um, we try to, you know, Israel was founded with a two-state solution almost in 1948, right? Yeah. And the United Nations decision in 1947 to really give Israeli land and the Palestinian people with land. But then Israel got attacked the first day of its establishment and, and sort of out of necessity, we had to, to seize some of those assets, some of the strategic territories, right? right? Eastern Jerusalem, for example, in 1967, the Golan Heights. Uh, matter of fact, actually, uh, we're being launched hundreds of rockets a, a day from, from Gaza Strip, um, which we gave to the Palestinians in 2005, trying to help them govern themselves. Um, the Israeli people uh, used to have settlements and villages in the Gaza Strip, throughout the Gaza Strip. And in what's called the disengagement from Gaza Strip plan in 2005, Israel actually vacated Jewish homes and settlements from Gaza Strip to to really try to provide them with peace there and govern themselves. And fast forward 15, 16 years, um, most of their money are not being used to, to you know, to build institutions like Hilton College. No. Uh, it's being really used to arm themselves with ammunition and, and what not machinery to, you know, to operate against Israel. So I, my, my viewpoint is that, uh, and I appreciate your comment on this, is that Hamas is a terrorist organization. Uh, they currently have the power in Palestine, but they don't necessarily have the support of the people. Uh, and in fact, they've uh, suppressed elections since 2006. The last election was in 2006. What are your thoughts? Um, that is correct, actually. Um, Hamas is a terror group. Uh, we, we have to look at things how they are. And the previous administration in the United States, Trump's administration, also uh, recognized Hamas and Hezbollah and Fatah and the Islamic Jihad, which is another very active terror group in Gaza Strip. Uh, they were recognized um, as terror groups. Um, that is correct. 
Uh, it's very hard to fathom for, for Americans what it is to live close to a place where there's not really a democratic system or a republic as we know in America to, to establish a government to really elect people for elected people. It's a tyranny almost, right? Um, they're not the true representative of the people, but yet they make all the decisions out of force and they do play with their budget. Yeah. And again, they're not elected. Right. They terrorize. They're, they're, they, they force and enforce the regime on the people. And, and, they, use, and they use uh, children and uh, citizens as human shields uh, in terms of, uh, you know, they actually house their, their bombs and their guns and their missiles and so forth right in the uh, resi- residential areas. Yes, Bob, that is correct. Uh, um, let's extrapolate that a little bit. What, what human shield actually means to them, uh, they know what they're dealing with. They know they, they deal with the Israeli military, and I was there myself. It's a very moral, high etiquette um, military. Yeah. What that means? What that means is that before any operation, uh, before anything even happens, uh, we try to go to call the, the people from Gaza Strip. We try to to warn them against any upcoming attack. And on the other side, Hamas knows that Israel would think twice before attacking civilian places, and therefore. They will put their ammo and their machineries and their people, high-end leadership people, um, in hospitals and, and educational institutions yeah. and kindergartens and whatnot, anything they can use to either prevent Israel from attacking or hide themselves, right, and hide their, their rocket-launching um, machines yeah. in those places. So, well said, Bob. So, Shavit, uh, yesterday the President of the United States called uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and, uh, and implored him to uh, settle this thing and to stop, de-escalate. Uh, uh, Netanyahu said, no, you know what, uh, we're going to get the job done. We're going to finish, we're not going to quit until we get the job done. What does that mean, Shavit? What, what does he want to accomplish? Uh, well, I think that what's, um, it's, it's an interesting question. I think that... Um, what Israel and the current administration in Israel is trying to accomplish is really to create some, some sort of deterrence against Hamas for years to come. The Israeli people do not want that. We're not interested in hearing sirens. We're not interested in, in using the Iron Dome to protect us um, against those, those rockets launched against us. We just want to live peacefully. We want our children to go to kindergartens without having to run to the shelters all the time. Um, we want to be able to to govern ourselves and to to really uh, live normal life. Yeah. And regarding what you said about the American president, I'm 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 pretty surprised that it didn't happen earlier. I'm telling you the truth, sort of um, this call um, to the one the leader of the one democratic country in the Middle East to to really ask to stop this escalation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, this, is, this is an interesting question. Yeah. A long term solution, I think. So, uh, Shavit, I think I, nobody really knows what that looks like. Yeah, yeah so, uh, Shavit, I appreciate your views on that. And uh, the, the other uh, uh, observation I have is that uh, we had peace in the Middle East. We had the Abraham Accords, lots of good progress. And now that we have this president, which I think, quite frankly, internationally, my view is he portrays weakness to the rest of the world. All of a sudden, I don't know if this is emboldened Hamas or not, but uh, uh, all of a sudden now we have <laughs> violence in the Middle East. Absolutely, Bob. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing here to me is that, that most American people don't even know the previous administration's accomplishments in the Middle East. See, yeah. um, what happened with the previous administration in the Middle East, especially to Israel and even to, to America, is, is, is historical. It's, yeah. it's, it's remarkable. It's mind-boggling, right? Israel was only in contact, really, uh, in normalization with two Arab countries prior to the American previous administration. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, in, you know, in the span of six months, we brought to the table five more, six more Arab countries and signed peace agreements with, yeah. right? Morocco, Oman, the UAE, Bahrain, some, some fantastic accomplishments yeah. that really helped bring more peace into the region, really helped the Israeli-Palestinian conflict to to sort of be sold from externally from those countries and Israel trying to find a solution to that rather than what's happening right now. Just a total, the, the, the situation has completely erupted. Yeah. 
You know, Shavit, I'd, I'd love to extend the conversation with you. And I'd like to point out that you've, you're uh, right now an uh, independent business consultant that is helping startups who want to go global from Israel and uh, a number of other things that you're doing. I really appreciate your commentary here on the show, and I hope you'll come back. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with a smart young man. Uh, and I would like to have asked him, well, what are his plans for the future? But uh, we'll do that another time. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more by visiting choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Bill, uh, of Naples, Bill Barnett. What a bombshell discussion that's going to be. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and the Biden administration does not. <laughs> so it's, it's a depressing time to see what's going on, but you wrote a great piece. This is a Biden's vaccine heist are also a Fifth Amendment takings clause violation. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, we've talked about, of course, the human nature disincentive that arises when patents, trademarks, intellectual property isn't respected in the exact same fashion, a human nature uh, disincentive fashion, if physical property isn't respected and, and, and enforced. Uh, if someone keeps, if you keep buying cars and people keep stealing your cars, at some point you're going to stop buying cars. Right. If you're a farmer and you keep planting crops and people keep stealing your crops, you're not going to plant crops anymore. Right. Uh, likewise, and again, this is even more important from a financial standpoint, both the, the information economy and it's a much higher anti-poker game to get into digital property creation, intellectual property creation, than it is to be a farmer or it is to buy cars. Uh, you're talking billions of dollars worth of research. Um, and, you know, Biden comes out and announces that he favors what he called breaking open the patents on the China virus vaccine, right. the stock market, all the, all the pharmaceutical companies' uh, stocks immediately cratered, um, and there's a reason for that. 
if you let's flash back to March, April, 2020, Trump goes to these companies and says, "Would you please kindly stop everything you're doing right now, right, and focus singularly on developing vaccines for this virus?" And these companies did that, mm-hmm. and they spent billions and billions of dollars. I'm sure. It was an additionally expensive process because they rushed it. You know, they, they, they went wall to wall, and that costs more money for research. It costs more money for testing. costs more money, you know, because you're doing – that's basically all they were doing for seven or eight months. Right. And all the income they gave up on the stuff they were working on that was about to be profitable, all of that, they get the vaccines out to the world – which which saves the world from itself because they were we've been hiding under our beds for fear of a flu, <laughs> and the vaccines start coming in. You see the economic rebound that results as people feel more confident going out and doing normal human stuff, um, and all of these things are because of the pharmaceutical companies developing these vaccines. Right. And then Biden comes, parachutes in and says, yeah, we're going to break the patents on those and give it away. So where does he get the power? Where does he get the authority? That's, to- what, that's, that's you know, I should have put that in the piece. Where the hell does he get off being able to do that? As, right. I, as I said, the Fifth Amendment's taking clause uh, doesn't have an, ex- you know, he, he said, citing extraordinary measures, quote unquote. I said, there's no extraordinary measures exemption in the Constitution. Yeah. Um, I don't know where he gets the power. Um, yeah. the, the, the problem is we've had government officials overreaching their power for so many decades. That's, that's normally the fifth or sixth or seventh question asked, even by me. I didn't ask it, <laughs> yeah. and I know better. Yeah, it's, um, it's just so... You know, it's, it's, we just, you know it's, it's conditioning. You get used to it. It's, it's Patrick Moynihan's defining deviancy down. We get used to this crap. And so, yes, he doesn't have the power to do it. Um, secondly, he's undermining not just the pharmaceutical companies. As I wrote the piece, I said, if, if the government comes to me, if, if I'm a pharmaceutical person, and the government comes to me and says, would you please develop a vaccine for COVID-20, my, my response would involve the, the, the verb to take yeah. and the phrase flying leap. <laughs> I'd tell him to go, you know, yeah, right. ha- have intercourse with himself. Right. Um, <laughs> you, you, there's no way I would help them ever again. And, of course, this isn't just pharmaceuticals we're talking about here. This is all intellectual property protections, patents, copyrights. Right. If the, the government official can break these patents, Citing extraordinary measures. What's to stop him from breaking your patent tomorrow? Yeah. Citing extraordinary measures. A uh, question about the facts uh, of the case, though. Uh, uh, did it, did Trump actually front the money for the vaccines to the pharmaceutical companies? I don't know the answer to that. I think everything gets paid back or has been paid back to the so federal loan. To the, yes. to the federal government. Okay, so he fronted the money, he financed the thing with government money, and now... Uh, and, of course, the, 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 the you know, there's, there's, there was going to be... This is one of the safest bets in show business, you know. Yeah. The, the, the companies knew they were going to make a lot of money on the back end. Yeah. So, they bought, you know, they took some of the money up front because they needed it to drop everything they were doing and focus singularly on this. So they, so it was loans, and I think the government's already been paid back, or maybe they won't be now because the Biden's about to break their patents. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I know that the uh, vaccines are free to American citizens, maybe right. other folks as well. But uh, the question is then, who's paying? Uh, the government is. The government is paying, but they're pay. they're paying the going rate for the for the vaccine. Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah. So, uh, I mean, Biden is—he's just got to stay in his lane, man. He is just making a total mess of stuff. He's all—he's yeah, sloppy and all over the road. <laughs> yeah. So, so is there? It, I, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of litigation about this. I would imagine so. That because he didn't come out and say definitively, "I'm doing it," mm-hmm. rather than filing lawsuits, because I don't even know if you can have standing if he hasn't actually done anything yet. Um, I think that that just. I think the pharmaceutical companies just hired an extra 50,000 lobbyists yeah. to go to Washington and waste money and time uh, you know, better spent developing new drugs, 
trying to, you know, to go to D.C. and try to fend off the federal government with a whip and a chair. Unbelievable. Seton, you just can't make this stuff up. It's unbelievable. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish that, I, wish I, wa- I wish I was, and it wasn't actually happening. I know. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. I really encourage you. This, uh, this column, by the way, is the lead column in Red State. So I encourage you to uh, go to lessgovernment.org and uh, take a look at the column. You can also visit Less Government on uh, Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, this is kind of a bombshell conversation because I found out that there's been a complaint uh, against Teresa Heitman, the mayor of of uh, Naples. And <laughs> it is pretty substantive. And I uh, want to find out if uh, our mayor, former mayor, Bill Barnett, knows a lot about this or anything about it. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Mayor Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, thank you for uh, inviting me on the show, as always. Always a pleasure. So uh, I guess this is a public record here, but uh, uh, there has been an ethics complaint filed against uh, the mayor of Naples. And this thing, uh, you can't make this stuff up. This, uh, <laughs> this is just totally unbelievable. What are your thoughts? Well, no, you can't make it up. And, I mean, I'm going to start right where, right where it hurts, uh, uh, so to speak, um, where she alleged uh, or she said in that statement that Kevin Rambos, the sheriff, and myself were running a child prostitution ring out of Naples Community Airport is the most ludicrous, <laughs> absurd uh, uh, thing that, that, that she could say. I mean, there's no truth to it. Um, it um, we're both enraged. There, there's no two ways about it. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll look into further action, no doubt. But... Um, I'll tell you what, the young man that, that uh, put that complaint together, um, Brian Dye, our, our head of IT, um, he is as straight a shooter as you would ever want to meet, Bob. Yeah. Uh, super, super guy, um, does everything by the book, and I would, I would take his word over hers any day in the week. So I'm telling you that what you see in there, okay, of his allegations, 
are probably 100% on the money. Yeah. Well, uh, this is just so concerning, and uh, I think it evidences just such bizarre judgment on her part. Even if there's just a portion of this is correct, it's just, uh, for example, accusing you and Sheriff Rambos working in concert on a child's sex ring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make that stuff up. So uh, I guess my question to you is, what can the people of Naples, uh, the citizens of Naples, do about this? What can the city council do about this? Can uh, can she be removed from her position? Correctly? Well, okay. So the first thing is, it's an eth- it's an ethics complaint with a state ethics commission. Right. They will they will make a ruling on if there is a viable cause, and if so, then that sets up uh, that would certainly set up her removal from office. No doubt about it. Now that, that would that would be the by the governor, wouldn't it? It would be by uh, it would be by the governor. Be, would be by us. It would be by removal. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh-huh. But but the the city council last night had a perfect opportunity since they were in a meeting for 13 hours or 12 yes yesterday. Not one not one of them brought that letter up, and they all received copies of it the night before. Wow. But not one. There were like ostriches with their heads in the sand. And I'm not going to uh, stand by and let that go unnoticed. I can tell you that right now. They have a meeting next Tuesday, Bob. Uh-huh. And um, it'll give me a few days to uh, to come up with a um, uh, a plan of how I want to handle it. But but I'm not going to sit back and uh, with my feet in the air and say, oh, yeah, well, because nobody believes it anyway. I, I'm good with that and, and the, um, for obvious reasons. Um but um, they just uh, ignored it, just flat ignored it, and it and it annoys me. I would use stronger language on your show, but then we'd get off fired <laughs> off the FCC or whatever it is. But um, yeah. uh, it's it's it is uh, just so blatantly uh, the way that they run things down there. And I'm not talking about Gary Price; I'm talking about the rest of them. And uh, and and. Um, and you know, there's a lot of staff members and and others that um, that that uh, were mentioned. Well, there were a lot of other people that were mentioned in that in that complaint. Okay, yeah. and that uh, that that Brian mentioned. Um, they're all good people. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about law firms. You're talking about um, individuals. Um, Roger Renke, our former assistant city manager. She is a conspiracy theorist, uh, always has been, and I think she's going off the deep end very candidly. Uh, well, my judgment is that uh, she, first of all, just uses very bad judgment. She jumps to conclusions. That it appears to me that she is paranoid and neurotic, and uh, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, I don't want to make judgments necessarily, but uh, to me, this is just so bizarre. That and how you know how can the city be consumed with this kind of nonsense when in fact they have a city to run? Well, that's just it, and you can't run a city like that. Our city manager is, is gone, and Dana, bless his heart, our assistant city new assistant city manager is a terrific guy. But I'll tell you what, I don't know how much he's going to take of this either. The new attorneys are, in my opinion, I don't know her, I never met her, but I'll tell you what, I don't like what I see, and I've worked with an awful lot of attorneys over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't like what she what what she's doing. I don't like her opinions. She's uh, uh, arguing with staff. Um, we, you know, we have totally different opinions uh, on that. And um, again, there this city is in a mess. I, I'm just telling you, it is in a mess. I mean, it, it, accusations of direction to break sunshine laws, pressure to alter official report. Uh, with oh yeah, inf- yeah. Uh, withholding I mean, information and, from and city council. It's it's um it's all there, and I guarantee you he didn't pull that uh, out of thin air. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, he was afraid, and he put his career on the line by doing that. Eight yeah. years, uh, a solid reputation, um, uh, a really good work. and uh, he put it all on the line by doing that. And he also filed a whistle- whistleblower complaint. Um, you know, for to protect him, yeah, and and I'm glad that he did, yeah. So we're gonna have to see how that shakes out. But in the meantime, uh, I can assure you that Kevin Rambosk and myself are are uh, not gonna just sit back with our feet up in the air because those are very serious allegations that she made. And uh, uh, if it comes to uh, uh, getting an attorney and um, 
uh, and suing, that's exactly what we're going to do. Well, I would hope so. There, uh, there's civil liability, if not criminal liability. I don't under- right. I don't necessarily understand the the line of distinction here on this, but certainly, to uh, what what she said uh, is uh, it's, it's, uh, it's libelous. It's libelous, absolutely. And uh, yeah. So. And- what about the airport? And then what about the, you know, and, and then like Chris said, what about the airport? You know, I mean, I spoke to the airport authority yesterday. I spoke to, to Chris Rosanski, the head of the, uh, of the Naples Air. I mean, he was, he was, they were flabbergasted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and Bob, it's, it's almost laughable. Okay. I mean, it really, it really is. It's so to the, to the absurd, uh, that, that it's almost laughable. And, uh, Nobody in their right mind is going to believe that her, you know, her statements or whatever they are. Um, so, it, you know, it's just there. Why hurt all these good people? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. Oh, well, I certainly respect this. As a Brian Dye, is that his name? I've yes. Said, I certainly respect what he's done. And uh, it can't be an easy thing that he's done. He's standing up for what he thinks is right. He's standing up for principle, and you know somebody needed to do this because if in fact that's correct, if this, that's 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 what we've been saying all along. Somebody needed to do this. Yeah, somebody really did need to because she's a bully, and and that's what she's doing. And I'm I'm Bob. I'll tell you what before we get off the air, I will tell you that um, I wouldn't be surprised if staff came forward. If a lot of staff came forward after the, after this, because they've been just sit, they just don't know what to do, they're afraid. Yeah, that's and right. and and it's not a good situation. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to read her comment that she no, s- go ahead. A statement to uh, Wink News. This suspicious complaint is another baseless political attack to sabotage sabotage our efforts to clean up the city government of Naples, including overdue changes in city's management. Uh, I welcome the chance to get all the facts out, Heitman said in a statement. The residents of Naples deserve ethical leadership that is focused on their needs and future, not the interests of a powerful few insiders. This is what yeah. I will... <laughs> yeah. Who do you think wrote that, Bob? I don't know. Who do you think? Well, that's just it. You you don't you don't know, but I can guarantee you she couldn't put that together if her life depended on it. All right. She didn't write it. Okay. <laughs> she because she can't spell number one and, and uh number two, she did not write that. Yeah. That was of course written by her and that was you know what, when you read that thing, that's non responsive. That's yeah. that's all it is. It is it is totally non responsive. It's a more of her um uh, smoke and mirror game that she plays, you know. Yeah. Um, she's really good with the smoke and mirrors. But um, Well, I've got to tell you something. One. In terms of this complaint, it's it's not going to... Uh, her behavior and what she's doing is not going to stand up to scrutiny because that, now the light is on. Uh, right. The accusations are now... You know, every, she obviously deserves her ob- ability to respond, you know, in, in fairness. But oh, yeah. This is just but- bizarre. But listen, Bob, she's got two choices of responses, okay? The two choices is, is, number one, deny that she said anything. And I don't, I just don't think that she could do that, right? Uh-huh. And as far as I'm concerned, all right, because it concerns me and it concerns uh, Sheriff Rambos, um, those are the things that I'm going to focus uh, the most on because she mentioned me. Absolutely. And she had no need to do that, but she put Kathleen Pasadomo in there. Yeah. She put John Pasadomo, you know. All, all these good people. Yeah. So they'll speak for themselves, but I'll tell you what, we will speak for ourselves also. Yeah. Hey, Bill, I, out of curiosity, I'm sure our listeners would like to see a copy of this. Uh, do you know where? Uh, oh, sure. Where could they get it? All, all they have to do is 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 call the city clerk's office. Um, and at um, at uh, two two one three one zero one five. Uh, that's two three nine area code two one three one zero one five, and just ask for a public requ- a records request of that uh, of that statement. I mean, it's easy enough to get. Yeah. It's all over the internet anyway, so it's yeah. not a secret. Bill Barnett again, former mayor of Naples. My goodness, we miss you. <laughs> Never. Thank you for those words. Never a dull moment, Bob, no, on our show. No, sir. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Bill. Speak to you next week. Look Bye-bye. forward to it. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. Lots of surprises. An interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did, too. I always appreciate your feedback. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with William Yateman. He's a research fellow at the Cato Institute. 
Michael Cannon is Director of Health Studies at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Jack Wirt, the uh, Executive Director of the Naples, Marco Island, Everglades Convention and Visitors Bureau, and Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil, Devil at Our Doorstep, will join us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.